Welcome to this week's midweek talk-through edition of Young Gun. I am Demetri Ravanis. Bomani Jones is going to join me in just a moment. First, though, I've got to tell you about our friends at Graffiti. They are the ones that make the show possible. And listen, every week, Lauren and I tell you they're a great place to watch football on Sundays. 19 TV, so you're not going to miss a second of the action. And every friend group has that one person that is less into football than everyone else, right? Well, look, Graffiti is not your typical sports bar. It's not a sports bar at all. High-end cocktails, axe throwing, there is literally something for everybody at Graffiti on a Sunday, no matter how into football you are. Look, they're the Sunday drink specials. Bourbon pours a plenty at Graffiti at different price points for what it is you are looking for. Plus weekly prizes and beer specials as well. If you have not checked out Graffiti on a football Sunday, why not do it next week? 158 East Cedar Street in downtown in downtown Cary. Support them because they support us. Graffiti Spirits Axes and Art. <laughs> So, Bomani Jones and I have been friends for a long time, and there is very little that Bomani can say that genuinely makes me upset. But before the draft, the utter dismissal of Bryce Young as a potential <laughs> NFL quarterback had me wanting to fight you. <laughs> I, didn't dis- I did not dismiss his potential as an NFL quarterback. I dismissed the idea of him being the number one overall pick. Uh, I believe the quote from an episode of Foxworth Friday on the right time was, this ain't gonna work, Holmes. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. I I, I probably should be a little clear. I feel like I probably got a little wrapped up in the moment of what we were talking about, all right? But I'm looking at that draft, and I'm seeing Stroud, and I'm seeing Anthony Richardson, where I just feel like you got to bet on that. It may work, it may not work, but everything is there and mm-hmm. you got to bet on it. And what you had to bet on with Bryce Young and something that I think was possible, but I've literally seen happen one time in my life is he's got to be Drew Brees. Yeah. Like with that yeah, body I mean, and that skill set, he had to be Drew Brees. And I think the thing that worried me about him is that He's college athletic, but I don't know if he was NFL athletic. Like, Baker Mayfield's a good example of this. They're, obviously, I'm not comparing them, but Tim Tebow was a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you look like a really good athlete as a, pro, as a college player. I don't know how that looks as a pro. But I will say this, in spite of how it's gone so far for the Panthers, I see where everybody was coming from, right? Like, yeah. I see what everybody was signing up for. I see why the guy signing the checks would say that this is the guy that I want. I really want good things for him. I promise you, I do. He's just not very big. He he is not very big. Now, so so I said this on uh, the regular episode this week with Brownlow because we were talking about sort of the the lazy narrative around rookie quarterbacks, right? And we were making the joke that, well, Bryce beat CJ, so he's number one. But look at what Levis did. So now Levis must be the number one rookie quarterback, right? And so I will admit, that I said going into the draft, I thought Bryce and CJ were a level above everybody else. I absolutely did not see what people saw in Will Levis. I I feel like that people should have asked those of us that actually watched a Kentucky football game. (laughs) But I will also be the first to admit, I don't see what people saw in Richardson. I, I, I totally see the upside. I just okay, then you see it. Then you see it. <laughs> I see it, but at some point he is going to have to make a decision that is not the worst decision possible in the moment. Yeah. So the thing with me with Richardson was after going through with all the film guys, 
they all came away amazed about how good his decision making was. Mm. Like that was the thing that kind of got me because I was like, look, I wouldn't touch him in the first round, right? Because the bad of Anthony Richardson looks so terrible. Right. But then do, like reading more of the film study and stuff like that, I came around on that idea. What I can't figure out is what it is mechanically that made it where he would just make some of the worst throws I had ever seen to where I couldn't <laughs> even tell if it was a bad decision. If I thought he was actually trying to throw it to somebody else. Bobani, like I think you watch enough college football to know that the answer to that question is Dan Mullen. It's <laughs> <laughs> there. It's there. It's there. I mean, look, I saw Anthony Richardson play one time as a redshirt freshman, and I was like, oh, I yeah. buy a first-round pick. <laughs> like, I didn't. I, I was being careful not to go too far, but all it took was two snaps, and I was like, oh, that guy goes in the first round, especially after what happened with Josh Allen. And yeah. I don't think that you can make the assumption that what has happened one time will happen just because you see it with another guy, except that's what we're doing with Bryce Young. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's totally fair. And I do think that it would have been really fun and interesting to follow up Bryce versus CJ with Bryce versus Richardson, uh, because it does bring back all of these talking points. Right. Like uh, like I don't think you ever expected to hear again what it is you said uh, about uh, Bryce uh, Young going into uh, an episode or in the right time or on the right time going into the NFL draft. I do wonder, as you look at what they have both been in the NFL to this point, we got to put Richardson to the side because his season's already over. Uh, is there anything that you have seen so far that closes the gap between Stroud and Bryce as a prospect in your mind? I think the trick bag for me is that the situation in Carolina is so bad, I have no idea how I'm supposed to evaluate this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when people get out here and start talking about how poorly he's playing, I'm seeing enough of these clips out there. That not only is nobody open, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea who plays wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And I swear to you, I check the box score every game. I float through and check what I can, when I can, all of this stuff. Dog, I have no idea who plays for these people in terms of catching the ball. Like that was one of the things about the trade that they decided to make which was one that gave away your 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 guy who gets open. Yeah. You know, and that like in terms of the long-term future it was understandable in terms of the development of the player that we're talking about. I mean, I feel like it's safe to say that that was a bit of a questionable move. Like I don't know if that's a decision that I, Bomani Jones, would have made under the do you, same Do you think it had to do with belief that Bryce was absolutely the guy, or do you think it had to do with not only do we believe Bryce is absolutely the guy, but we value DJ Moore so little that we think Chark is a perfect one-for-one -one, uh, changeout? Yeah, or maybe they value Chark so much, right? Oh, yeah. God, he he plays for them. That's, That's good right. to know. Um, <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, over the summer, I had a conversation with Mina where I said, look, you know, I, I think people overlook that, yeah, Bama asked Bryce to work some miracles last year, and he came through more oftentimes than not. He's going to have to do the same thing in Carolina. And her pushback was, no, no, no. If you look at the advanced numbers on DJ Chark, he could be the dude. <laughs> That's funny. I thought you called him Bama ass Bryce rather than saying that Bama asked Bryce. And oh, Adam Thielen, uh, he has landed down there. Okay. I didn't know that he was still around here. Uh, 
That's no, how Jar- I can tell you don't watch a lot of Panthers games. He gets literally every pass Bryce throws Yo, this season. Let, let me be honest with you, man. My job, the Carolina Panthers, don't really come up no more. <laughs> yeah, like, totally, totally <laughs> like, this is something that's hard to explain to people. They're like, oh, these guys don't. No, 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 no. We know the stuff that comes up at work, and chances are your mediocre little Midland team is probably not going to be uh, one of them. But I remember once I saw that, it was like, oh, okay, Thielen. Thielen is there because I remember watching them and being like, oh, that looks like a guy like Adam Thielen. And it turned out to actually be him. <laughs> but what I mean, but but they're like you said, they're asking for so much out of him. I don't know how much there is to evaluate. I think Stroud, who if you were to ask me going into that draft, who I would have thought the number one guy to take was, I probably would have told you Stroud. I just thought he had the highest floor mm-hmm. of all of them while still having a potential of a pretty good ceiling. And. The only quarterback I can ever think of in the history of the draft where everybody was like, why don't you run more? I've never yeah. seen that happen. Like, use as a demerit, not even as a wow. You can really take this thing to the next level. They're like, why don't you run like the other ones do? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> you know? But no, I think I think, I think think with Richardson, he's looked better as pro than I expected. And I don't – I think it's a ba- it was a bad idea, and not just because he got hurt, but – I didn't think it was that good of an idea for Carolina and not Carolina Indianapolis to run him so much. Yeah. Like just because he could, if you felt like you had to run him to play him, then don't play him. But the problem with him, of course, is he needed reps. Like I don't have any evidence that playing young makes you a better quarterback. We can pull out guys who didn't and it then worked out. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I don't have any concrete evidence to prove that it does. But you got a guy that's only had like 14 starts in his career or something like that. I guess you got to play him. Want to take a quick time out from my conversation with Bomani to ask you to do us a favor. The algorithms on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, they prioritize shows that have ratings and reviews. So if you've already taken the time to rate this show on whatever platform it is you listen to, also make time to leave a review. Those comments help put us in front of more eyeballs. And the more eyeballs we are in front of, the more episodes we get to make. Lauren and I love, 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 love doing uh, Young Gun for you each and every week, but we need the support behind it to keep going. So wherever it is you consume this show, take the time to rate, review, and if you are not subscribed, please do that as well. Also, be sure and catch us each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. You will find us on Origin Sports. There is the list of everywhere you can find that Fast Channel. You have it. You just might have to search for it, and we hope you find us next Tuesday night at 7. So l- let me ask you, because I know you have you have harped on that a lot, that you are not a big believer in you take a guy, number one, number two, whatever, he has to get on the field right away. In the case of a Stroud, in the case of an Anthony Richardson, where that could be about learning the speed of the game, totally with you. In the case, and in fact, if all things being equal, I'm totally with you with that on Bryce as well. But if you are the Panthers and your other option is Andy Dalton, and what Bryce really needs, you cannot count on coming in a year, which is more height and more weight. Does it make sense to sit? Well, to me, if the dudes aren't going to get open and the guys up front don't block well, then it does. Because all you're doing is throwing them out there to get hurt in a situation, again, where I question whether you actually get to evaluate anything. Like, that's my thing, is that is he in a situation to improve? Forget about thrive, right? Mm. improve because you can put a guy in a situation to thrive that isn't necessarily one to improve some will make the argument that's what happened with robert griffin in 2012 that it was an offense that he could thrive in but ultimately demonstrated itself to not be one that he could improve in and i'm not blaming his coaches for that but i'm just you know giving that as an example of what it is but there were there were games and clips that i saw early where i asked the question is there any point in playing him if it's going to look like this like i'd say this game against the texans from the bit that i saw that 
was the first time that I was like, oh, okay, there's a point in playing him. Okay, maybe you should go ahead and do that. Because otherwise, they're just for what other than selling tickets? Yeah. And I think that's what it really comes down to is the fans get excited about the idea of the new quarterback. And that especially becomes the case when you got a guy that's been benched and he's like, playing for five games behind the same bridge guy that everybody gets under these circumstances. Andy Dalton mm-hmm. is now not good enough to be that guy, but like Terod Taylor was that guy for Justin Herbert and for Baker Mayfield. Kurt Warner in a weird case was the guy for Eli Manning. And if you're only doing, but so well, and that's the guy that's starting, then the people are going to be like, yo, put in the kid. Yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, totally agree with that. I, I do want to, ask you about something because you mentioned that in your line of work now the Panthers aren't really on the radar let's move the Panthers to the side for a second going into the draft you mentioned that you heard a lot of people saying that they wanted to see CJ Stroud run more and I think guys like you and me that really really love college football take note around draft time of oh you haven't really been paying attention to what it is this dude does. Uh, what is it that non-college fo- uh, college football people in the national media? I mean, you know, you are you are not a specialist, so you are talking more about right. the NFL than college football. And when you talk about the college side, you sound more educated than most. What is it that most of them swung and missed on when looking at Bryce and talking about why this could or could not work? I think there was an assumption of athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And by the way, I could understand to a degree the assumption in that he's so small so that if Mm -hmm. he's going to be so small and if you watched it, Alabama, if you watched a game that mattered, you did watch him run around a lot because God knows he had to. Right. Like the the 21 Auburn game was all about Bryce just saying, well, I cannot trust anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I got to make this happen. And not even like he wasn't running like Michael Vick, Cam Newton necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's still. A lot of moving. I think that's the part. And I also think that's the part they get wrong with just a lot of these guys who move in college is not understanding that that doesn't mean um, that it's going to be the same thing in the pros. But it's hard to point to something that he does well that everybody got wrong because the over the top assumptions about him were all overwhelmingly positive. Right. Like that. I think that was the thing for me going into the draft with him was just that nobody sees a negative in the smallest quarterback that you've ever talked about being taken at this point. And the only quarterback I could think of of comparable size that people were talking about taking number one was Michael Vick. But, and I understand this for those of you who weren't old enough to be there to turn on that game against Florida state in the sugar bowl guys, he's a comic book character. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. So I wish I could remember which game this was. It was actually uh, Rod Gilmore was the analyst on an Alabama game this year. And he said when he looks at uh, when he looks at uh, Jalen Milrow, oh, I, I see Michael Vick. And I remember texting a buddy like, I feel like if we all saw Michael Vick, we would not be terrified every time he drops back. Ooh, I mean... <laughs> The thing about Vic with that also, because Melrose got a lot more to work with. Like what I realized when they finally figure it out in the second half is like, wow, those receivers, they're just like all those Alabama <laughs> receivers that look exactly the same as the guy that they replaced. This same 5'11", 195, right. built like just Jack Diesel, perfect route running sorts of dudes. Like I still see the potential for Milrow. I oh. still see that it could come together. But yeah, Michael Vic. Yeah, that's what. I'm totally with you. I think Bill Rowe could be really good, but I think his ceiling is more like Blake Sims, who was really good. Really like good. we don't have to overdo it. Like he's more physically talented than Sims. Like he's more prototypical. Yeah. Like he's bigger, stronger in that way. I saw Michael Vick in Florida State at the time. 
Like, it's like it was, I don't even know the comp really, but like 99 level Florida State's a level of talent that was just so much farther ahead of everybody else out there. And he made, I want to say, two dudes tear their ACLs in that game. A dude we'd never heard of out there playing with an intramural squad. Right. That was an intramural squad of dudes that he had on that team. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I mean, it is very similar to uh, Cam in 2010 at Auburn, right? Talk about an intramural I don't, squad. And actually, that was actually more of an intramural squad than Virginia Tech had <laughs> yes. in 1999. The Let's only other two guys that. drafted from that squad, one of them was Nick Fairley, who washed out quickly at the NFL and like not to be crass, but the other one is dead. Right. I mean, yeah. like there was just, wasn't a whole lot of talent. And they were seventh place. rounders. And it's like, yes. it is not just, we're not just talking about the next draft. We're talking about all the drafts. You can be like, Oh, Michael Dyer, <laughs> Michael Dyer was a five foot nine running back. that didn't yep. figure it out at any of the other places that he ended up with. And they won the sec. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that championship game, what it going away. Uh, all right. I, I wanted I want to turn this to the Panthers real quick. Uh, just two quick questions for you because you're really good at uh, at cutting through the bullshit on some of this. When it was announced that Thomas Brown was taking over play calling duties, first thing I heard was, "Oh, like maybe this is a better play caller for Bryce." But what's going to happen is that he is going to become a hot coaching candidate. He was already a hot coaching candidate last year. We heard his name a lot. And I wonder how much of that is about Thomas Brown really understanding the intricacies of offense, because this is his first OC job in the NFL. And how much of it is he's really good in the locker room with guys. And hey, he's a name we can trot out there for uh, the Rooney rule. Well, I think that perhaps that part could get there, right? Like, I'm not nearly as familiar with him, like, as coach. Yeah. I know this, though, and this becomes a fascinating test case he has the sean mcveigh seal of approval and say whatever you want about mcveigh he has demonstrated he has an incredible oh, eye for sure for other for sure. coaches and, and i think it's not just having been on his staff but having earned the trust to move from running back to tight ends coach a, a position he had no familiarity with yeah and an assistant head coach title right yep. so there is something at eight he's now like 37 or something like 37, that 37 yeah you know so like at that place like i think I also think that if you're right, you can't have your fingerprints on what's <laughs> going like, on. This. Yeah. And what I also appreciate and respect about him is if you look around and you're like, look, what I'm doing ain't getting it done. I probably need to spend my time doing some other stuff to help this team that needs a lot of help. Then, yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and do this. And so I hate to be so cynical and to go straight to, you know, you get Rooney Rule stuff that comes from this or whatever. But I will say this. If they let the black dude call to play, somebody thinks really highly of him. Uh, Take Brian Johnson, for example, in Philadelphia. And I know Mm -hmm. that he's taken some criticism for like red zone play calling there. Brian Johnson was impressive enough that Kyle Winningham made him offensive coordinator at 25 at Utah. And you can look at some of the bounces his career took after that or whatever. My point being, he was impressive enough that somebody looked at him at age 25 and handed him the keys. Yeah. Right. Uh, that yeah, says something okay. about Thomas Brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, all right. Last uh, thing I want to get your opinion on. How much in Charlotte, in North Carolina, do you have to be hated for the mid-game or halftime ceremony to induct Julius Peppers, Mushin Muhammad, and Sam Mills into the ring of honor to be littered with booze just because Dave Tepper is on the field? <laughs> Man, that's wild. And 
Tepper had to know he couldn't go out there, right? That, that's what I told Lauren. Like, she doesn't believe me. Surely he knew what was coming. You had, and maybe he didn't. Like, maybe he totally had missed. And by the way, you're coming after Mister. <laughs> like, 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 like. I mean, keep it in mind that this is a city where the owner of the NBA team got caught in a sex scandal, and they wrote off the entire league yeah. as a result of that. Like, this is still a Billy Graham city in large part, and Jerry Richardson had to get run out of there on some, you know, real salacious circumstances. And Tepper came in there. I mean, what what all has Tepper done? Ran off Cam Newton, hired Matt Rule. Like, like I, I'm, I'm actually, as you say this, I'm trying to think of, like, what it is that he's got to hang his hat on. But I know this. When they shut down the Georgia Dome, they did a celebration, and Michael Vick came back. And uh-huh. you got to understand, it's still complicated. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's still complicated. So to prevent them from booing Michael Vick, they put him on a car with Roddy White. Right. Because everybody loves Roddy White. And they would not boo Roddy White. If you're Tepper, you had to engineer something like that. Like they booed you over the memory of a dead man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. I watched that uh, during uh, during the replay on Fox. And my first thought was, like, how do you not invite Marty back for the day? Like, he's the one that put all these guys together. He is, lar- you know, he was disappointed. His exit was disappointing, but he's largely still liked by the fan base. Just let someone else be in the spotlight. Yeah, people like Marty. Like, yeah. by and large, they, they brought him back. He came back a second time, right? That's, that's right. People, <laughs> I'd also just like to take note, and I don't know exactly how the Panthers do things, but you just wait with Pep until he goes into the Hall of Fame and then you full on retire his number. Like right. you'll ultimately need to do with Steve Smith. Like there's no need for this intermediate ring of honor step with a <laughs> no brainer Hall of Famer. <laughs>